I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Brace yourselves for a noble horror because the call of Cthulhu Mystery Program has returned. Yes. Nerdy Show's beloved RPG audio drama of black comedy and Lovecraftian horror is back with an all-new series, a chilling tale called The Terrible Secret of Lot X. Head to CthulhuMystery.com or find the Call of Cthulhu Mystery program wherever you procure fine podcasts. Succumb to the maddening call of Cthulhu. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. So last night, we did our first recording of Liam's campaign. Yes. And it went well. It was quite fun. I'm excited to talk about issues that we noticed during it. What, that I hate Doug? (laughs) You know I hate Doug. I know I don't hate Doug. I just love that Doug is still Doug. Oh, forever. He's grand and he's he's still Doug. Why are we doing this? Because we're murderers? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I thought it went well. The mechanics uh, portion... A lot of it's not going to be included. Uh, just explaining how it works. Uh-huh. As nervous as she was, I felt like Cap dropped right in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her role play was definitely top notch. Yeah, one hundred percent. I wish I could have intoned earlier that like, go ahead and offend my character. He, like, I won't care. It's not going to hurt my feelings. Because uh, Cap apologized to me during it. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I should have. You know, this I, I stole like the moment for. The, I was like, this is great. Like, yeah. <laughs> keep going. We're gonna play off that for a very long time. Yeah. But yeah, I like our party dynamic. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. I think listeners are going to really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I love that, once again, I am able to control way more story than I should be. Like, when I made, basically, the skimmer religion is on my shoulders. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, actually, that, and what I do want to talk about organic world building. We did a bunch of stuff. We are just like, mm-hmm. how does this work? Oh, no, it's never come up before. Let's just decide now. Yeah. I like the idea that skimmers hold little bottles full of, wa- like, their home wa- body of water. Mm-hmm. That's really, really cool. That is cool. Max calling out very accurately the space pope. Yes. Yes. I do want to make those bases, the stacking ones for conditional uh-huh. markers. Did mm-hmm. you did you see that yes. that I posted? I also have magnetic spray paint if we need. Magnetic spray paint? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Just it's more likely to stick to metal? It's Krylon magnetic spray. It's for making boards to like stick letters to for kids and stuff. Oh. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I also have a bunch of iron filings. That you're gonna blow in the face of your enemy? Yeah. Okay. Fourth level pocket sand. That's something I'm thinking of after how last night went down with Frixa, who the mechanics I'm very much enjoying. It's like, when I take a step down a path, what am I even going to pick? Because I, I look at the breadth of paths, and I'm like, zealotry mm-hmm. seems like a good fit. Radiant step one seems like a good Is fit. Is the implement weapon core or step one? Uh, step one. Mm-mm. In zealotry. That's dope. Yeah. That's useful in a lot, of, a lot of builds. Scoundrel step two, get pocket sand. Or command. Change direction with your character to meet the uh, the role play aspect you want to fulfill. But which is, all of those are appropriate, role play wise. Yeah. It's yeah. role play for him to throw pocket sand at people. Like, it's like, it's oh, very appropriate. Because he is, you're blinded. Just watching him evolve, like, he is C-3PO, but then also just a straight up merc scoundrel. Yeah. yeah. All right, so, got a lot of fun stuff to get into. Just uh, as a quick thing, I'm going to update. I'm, I'm thinking about changing the rule book. The way it's set up right now is that each page of your path is its own step so that you can just print out that page if you want to. Uh-huh. I'm thinking maybe I'll format it. Like each one of those is kind of like an extension of your character sheet where you can fill in values. Okay. So you print out the page and you just write in it. I don't know how complicated that will make things, but I but for us right now it will make something simpler. I don't know if it makes things more complicated down the road. Mm. But like, we try like for publication? No, for... We're we're a ways from publication. Yeah, but I'm, just, I, I'm saying like, what then? What would complicate it? Oh, um, if I'm step twelve and I've I've got a character sheet that's twelve pages that you wouldn't have to always flip through. I mean, you'd have the. I mean, 
you can put the heavy hitters up front. You yeah. got all this extra stuff, but yeah, you'd sideboard it. <laughs> so I think uh, that's that's something I want to try because we're going to have to do, with the shifting damage amounts. You want to be able to have just a quick reference as you're playing to, uh-huh. to what you want to roll. So terminology I'm going to start using is uh, with ability or the weapon will tell you its damage class, which is you know one two three or whatever, and then you will add your level to that to find out the damage tier. And then the tier is what you reference. And that's the dice you, you throw when mm-hmm. you make a hit. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So in order to balance things, I do want to introduce negative damage class because let's say it's like a laser beam that does one big hit and there's an explosion that does a D4 of damage. When you get the ability, you want it, the extra damage to be a D4 to everybody around it. Well, if it's step two, let's say it's a daily ability. If you just get it at step two, that means it has to be a damage class zero. And then you add your level which at that point would be one because you were level zero when you started to get a damage tier of one, uh-huh. which you'll be a die for. Sounds. I, I think I made it sound more complicated than it is. Does that make no, sense? No, but you don't need negative. You need zero. So, okay, step three. You uh-huh. get something that you want to do a D4 of damage at that level. It has to be damage class negative one. Okay. To be a D4 when you get it. What if we just, after step one, never use a D4 ever again for anything? Well, because... Oh, it, the D4 is just demonstrative of what I'm talking about. Yeah, but then you could always start at D4. Well, I mean, we could just say it's a, we could say it's a D6 I'm talking about and uh-huh. still have the same problem a step later. But then you could just make it a D4 and then you would step up a step and it would be a D6. Well, then just just keep keep adding steps until what I'm saying makes sense. Because Yeah, but I'm saying like, I don't I don't understand where there'd be a situation which something past step 3 where you're using a D4. Bleed damage, burning bleed damage, damage maybe, right. Lots of little extra things that we can add on. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it complicates things unnecessarily. I think the idea is alien of using a negative damage class. Oh, adding, adding a negative to your level. I think it, I think it works fine. It just if we are ever going to actually use it. Yeah. Well, I think we use it immediately. Um, Rogue Star. I think we'll have to use it on that. If I'm not mistaken, what's the secondary effect of Rogue Star? I think it's just straight composure. It's not straight composure. But it's definitely not a D4. No, that's what I'm saying. Hold on. Is that on caps? No. It would only be on mine. I don't know where mine is uh, anywhere. No, I'm sorry. Your flame orbs would have to be negative one damage class. They're D6. Correct. So they, you could start at a D4. You'd start at tier one nope. and then move it up. You're right, because I'd be three. Yeah. <clears throat> so so flame so orbs would be negative one. What if we just have your level is your steps and then the core doesn't count? Because if, if the... <clears throat> If what the core, the core doesn't count. Yeah, oh, no, I know. Already, the, I know the core doesn't count. But if we're if we're just if we're arbitrarily deciding level, the idea that your level is one minus your total amount of steps, it's not because of Tolden. You're right. But for so, most characters, it will be one minus your total amount of steps. Sure. When you could just not have a level zero and not refer to anything as level zero. What? Why? Like, if you're inventing your own measurement of the system, the idea of having a level zero, all that does is have to remember that it's negative one for most characters. Uh, I think that's more complicated than just saying when you start, you're level zero. Be like, oh, I'm step three. I'm level three. Cool. No, but then you're step two in this thing, step five in that thing. Yeah, and then you know your total amount of steps that you've taken is your level. Unless you're a Tolden. Um, with, yeah, in <laughs> one, one of the eight races, yes. In the system, that person has to remember minus two. What is what I, I guess what I don't understand is what your objection is because what you're what you're proposing I'm actually makes bo- things more complicated. I'm saying if everybody. they're both arbitrary, they're not arbitrary. They're I'm, if the leveling convention of numbering them is can be completely arbitrary. You could start at level ten; no, it wouldn't I, matter. I'm saying I'm saying it's not is is what I'm saying. It's not completely arbitrary. It has to work mathematically, and it has to work mathematically in a way that is simple and easy to track. So here's here's another reason to start at level zero is that. That way, it's easier to track your progression among other things, which includes damage tier. Damage tier. When you get an attribute plus, we'll say every three. So you just divide your level by three. Okay. And you're done. You, you get it. Not to mention, uh, I kind of want to talk about skills, how we're going to progress those. I think I've got a couple ideas. All right. I think I want skills to progress, or professions rather, mm-hmm. to progress on fixed leveling. So as you take steps past a certain amount, like maybe every second step you get you get to increase a profession by plus one, which means you can add a second one and mm-hmm. give it a plus one. Or maybe do it every step, although that seems kind of fast because they're very powerful professions. Yeah, I wouldn't do it every every step. And every other, that does seem overwhelming until you uh, think about skills in literally every other role-playing game ever. Yeah, well, you just say, oh, I'm on every even level, 
I get a plus one to a profession. Mm-hmm. On every third level, I get an extra attribute point. Yeah. That's easy. Because now you're just looking at what's your level? I'm level zero. Well, how many steps am I going to have to take to get an attribute point? Three. Mm-hmm. That's it. But I, I don't think I don't think negative damage class is a problem. I don't know. I I, I do I, I am sensitive to the fact that it's strange. Well, it's not that I think it's strange. There's definitely an internal logic to it. I'm just saying that it's going against the vocabulary of most other games. Yes, and that is that is going to be something you're going to rub up against. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, oh, man, well, this whole concept really does that. Yeah, too. I, I don't think we can get away with any classic term we have to compl- we have to use distinct terms yeah maybe level is maybe level is not even the idea i think the problem <clears throat> is that level is more representative mm-hmm. than anything else that i can think of of what it actually means the only difference between our system and others is you start one lower which is more like it is in real life yeah you're not you're not one till you're one mm-hmm. you know in, in, in years like you're on your first <clears throat> i think i think in kingdom come deliverance you do start it at zero, you start with nothing in every skill. It makes sense. Yeah. The concept of zero is pretty groundbreaking. So we're basically changing the world is what Max is saying. And yeah. I agree. So everybody fine with those terms? The, the damage, damage tier. Cla- damage class, level, damage tier. Mm-hmm. Just just so we can write that on a, on a sheet. I did roll 2d20 last night and that was pretty sweet. Oh, for uh, that, your the for idea of rapid fire? Eventually getting to a damage point where you would roll. Yeah. It's pretty nice. <laughs> 25 damage that's pretty yeah. great mm-hmm. what is what is the average damage of, of 2d20 it's 2 plus 40 42 21 is the average damage of mm-hmm. 2d20 very nice yeah <laughs> and yeah. if you use it as a piercing weapon you roll a one on one on a d20 you do 40 damage that's pretty good not if they're damaged dice i don't think we do 2d20 in our damage no i don't think we ever get there i literally think i skipped it uh, because there was something that was like 4d6 mm-hmm. yeah that's more fun to i remember the original argument was a couple d20 and i'd never done it until last night oh no 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 oh, the, yeah. the problem is that not that rolling 2d20 is that d20 is more associated with doing an action yeah. not the result of an action and that it's a large amount of damage locked away in one die yes yeah which it's it's uh volatile mm-hmm. but still kind of fun yeah i think the volatility is the reason we're switching to the damage tier system over using what Pathfinder does where, oh, well, I rolled, you know, 2d4 for my damage, but I'll always get that plus 25 at level 10. Yeah. That total lack of volatility, like it takes the drama out of the dice roll for your damage. I want to make a change for not so fast because it, had, it came up last night while we were playing. Uh-huh. Instead of saying affect allies that you're adjacent to, it should affect enemies that you're adjacent to that are attacking an ally, regardless of whether or not you both are yeah. adjacent. Because I think having to be adjacent to your ally... And the enemy. And the enemy is... That's limiting. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of ways you could set it up, but mm-hmm. to get there is more difficult than you would think. And the idea that you wouldn't be able to do that literally looking at your the enemy's back, going like... Yeah, not so fast. I got you in the knee, you know, yeah. while you're trying to do that. Just like brush your hands against their neck while they're not looking. Oh, yeah. A little mm-hmm. finger up the spine. Okay, I like that. And I want to talk about balance, too. Uh, Frixa Uh has an ability I wasn't able to abuse last night, but I had fully intended to, to see if it was too much. I'm not sure if it should be changed. Okay. But I want to explain why it sounds dangerous and why maybe it's not. Mm -hmm. His invigorate ability to shield himself or anyone else for his composure can only be done once per turn, but it's effectively, it's armor for one attack, basically. Uh Uh-huh. And it builds his retribution score, which was used to nuke somebody. There's no current rule against him casting it on every turn, if it, even if it wasn't depleted, and putting it on multiple people. There is a rule where it says he can't stack it on himself or on anybody. He can't mm-hmm. stack it on a single target, only refresh it. But is there a reason why he can't put it on everybody? The first reason I'm thinking of is his retribution score will balloon if there's, yes. an, if there's an AoE attack. The second reason is that... You can kind of over-prepare for a fight in that way. But the reason why maybe it's not that big of a deal is because to put it on everybody, it would take four rounds where none of them has to take damage. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't think it's going to be that big of a problem. And if you set up a situation in which everyone is shielded, you have to keep reapplying it, but every now and again the tank doesn't get hit and you could throw it on someone. Mm-hmm. And you set up a situation in which they all get AOE attacked and the DM allows it, you 
you pulled well, let's, off let's you take, pulled let's, off a, a giant mechanic like okay. yeah. you you both one you both have to be fairly complicit in it and and you have to work so very hard like you just set up the game mousetrap yeah yeah, like. yeah. which kind of happened last night but only against Frixa. yeah and keep in mind he was healing himself and other people at the same time with no issue um let's see if it comes up and becomes an issue because if it's so rare that the dice would fall in such a way that would that this could happen then I don't want to worry about it. But if it becomes an issue, and I will try to, I'll mm-hmm. try to break it. I'm going to try to, and we all should be doing this, frankly. But I think the first change I would see is change to a move action to apply it instead of a swift. That would limit it in in ways that mm-hmm. it wasn't limited before. Or the bigger limiting factor would be leave it as a swift, but it moves from person to person as you apply it, or it, or it degrades at the beginning of your turn or mm-hmm. whatever. Well, do, do, if you just put a, a time limit on mm-hmm. it. Then it's not an issue. Yeah, I mean, like, it, well, if you put a time limit on it, it's uh, like a time limit of one minute. You're not going to cast it while traveling, especially if it's a move action. But I don't know. I want to think about it, but I, like, I want to try to break it to see how we can really. Even the idea of just having four extra damage and dealing four extra damage per character in your party at step one, level zero, step one mm-hmm. is solid by th- by three. That's. Not that great. Much, much less useful. Yeah, and I think we'll need to come up with reasons for it to scale well because if we're only getting an extra attribute point at every third, three, yeah, third level step. or every three steps that you take, is that enough or is it just wasting your time? You know what I mean? Does or, it scale well? Or should we, or should we decide that certain parts of paths need to be internally scaling? Mm-hmm. Or like, should that be something that does get better internally in a path later on because that's a specialization they made mm-hmm. because four damage a turn just jumping in is that a core it's core that's core All right. now d- d- to be fair i had to put four in composure yeah that makes it more difficult mm-hmm. but even even situations when we make core stuff better later on as long as we give enough stuff while we're doing it we can juggle that yeah and do we want items to make up the difference do we want items to fill in the gap as people progress like, I think so, that's I think that's part of the answer. Yeah, I feel like if you have to do this, this, and this to get this, it's not as overpowered as you can just do this. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's My, a situation where you take the time to set it up. That's fine. Yeah, if you start, you know, if you get a bunch of items that give you a composure boost, you choose composure every time. You even do a, a, a fun, you know, there might be a fun interplay of paths that let you kind of skirt around some stuff. The issue with the way it's currently worded. So as intended, I'm worried about things, but there's a issue with the way it's currently worded where there's no expiration, there's no uh-huh. time limit, which means that there's no reason why it wouldn't be on all of us at the start of a battle, which is not yeah. appropriate. That's I can already tell you that's way too much because the whole cleverness of setting it up is gone. You just say, everybody's got it. So then if something opens with an AOE, well, then, I'm like, yeah. I got 20 retribution, I'm going to nuke somebody. As soon as you put a time limit on it, when it would just be ridiculous to keep it refreshed all the time, it would just eat away at you. It's more to be a thing that you would do. And as soon as you put a time limit on it and not everyone has it, the idea that you would get it on everyone in almost any encounter mm-hmm. be- isn't zero, but it's close. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't I could do anything but keep it on myself, yeah. that mm-hmm. encounter. But, that again, it was a non-standard beginning yeah. of an encounter. But they're all kind of non-standard. I don't, yeah, I don't think we've had a standard yet. Give it somewhere you know where you're going into, and you know it's going to be a fight, so you've got yeah. time to position yourselves and stuff. We've been ambushed a good, good number of times. I think. Oh no, but not even Andrew. I don't. I mean, when we we don't have a standard start because it's a lot of like we're having a conversation. I guess a st- okay. I guess we're fighting. Okay. Yeah. Here's the thing about Invigorate. If I put it, so let's say I put it on Grandin. Uh huh. For one attack, his armor is effectively ten. Yeah. I think that the Invigorate should be before their armor is calculated. So if they hit him for ten, or let's say if they hit him for nine. The invigorate's gone. I don't get one left. No. So even better, the invigorate value is four. The shield I put on him is four. Uh-huh. He's got six armor. If he gets hit for four, the invigorate takes it before the armor does. Yes. Right? Otherwise, there's no use for yeah. putting it on a tank. But it's also, I the way that I imagined it was already that way where it's like, you know, a yeah. holy glow. It's not an internal thing. It is a, it is a physical yes. shield around him. Okay. So I'm going to change the wording to better reflect that. Was there? Doug brought up shield bashing, but I, he has questions about it that I want him to raise when he's here. 
unless you guys. Well, I was thinking, uh, what is like a club, like bashing damage for a club? What would, what does that give you? I think it's a D eight. A D eight. So a spear is D twelve. One handed is D six. Yeah. So mm-hmm. would a shield bash be maybe a D four? Half of what a club gives you because you're hitting like a club, same yeah, bash damage. It's, it's a, it's a but D- it's one handed. Yeah. So if you go step one champion, would you double strike with your? Sh- I, I don't think double strike works with a shield. No, no, because imagine, imagine trying like, even with a buckler. Yeah. No, try it. Like I don't think you can. No, it's a your concentration is on the shield. Yeah. I think I think mm-hmm. shield bash should be a thing, but I think it should be a path thing. It should, you need to train and be aware of how to use your shield martially. I, maybe just put it in Citadel, maybe earlier, and, yeah. and switch up things because it does seem like who else is going? I mean, oh, the yeah. whole thing is I don't even know if it needs to be. That early in Citadel. Shield Bash? Yeah. I mean, even step two or it would be early enough for it to be like, this is, yeah, I'll try to do this. Shields are already so good. Mm-hmm. How useful is... Uh, we're thinking reality. Yeah. Okay. When do you Shield Bash? Like, you have to be up close enough, and the only reason you're Shield Bashing is because that hand isn't free. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe we can give, like, a Shield Bash ability, and that's got to be good enough. Maybe an at-will. An at-will attack action. Mm-hmm. Or... No, okay, what about this? Shield bashing, only an opportunity attack. But it's an it's an opportunity attack that foregoes damage for an effect. Kind of like a tail Because you yeah, you're not using shield bash as an actual offensive thing. You're not choosing to shield bash if you have everything ready for a regular attack. Mm-hmm. You're shield bashing because you swung wide or you did a big attack and then there's an opening. Oh, like I have to do this now. Mm-hmm. So it could do something where where maybe it, it stuns or it reduces their movement or it reduces their attack or something. I'm trying to think even as in an like, opportunity attack. Even in like a wushu martial arts style movie where you're just laying about yes. yourself. Mm-hmm. The only time I could see you using it instead of your weapon is if you hit somebody else with your weapon and you bash somebody else adjacent to you. That sounds like you could do I think it's it's definitely more of a buckler thing. Yeah, well, I think yeah. there's still you could imagine. I mean, if you got a tower shield, yeah, it's going to take the wind out of somebody if you just yeah. check them with it. But the, there's so many other uses for a tower shield, yeah, than bashing. Frankly, you know? it's weird that the way that tower shields are used in RPGs isn't as a row of people yeah. to have tower yeah. shields. It's to create a gap because then you're focusing on the person and you don't realize the other three people on next to him are focusing on you. <laughs> mm-hmm. It would be cool if you could have a spike buckler and then put and venom your spike buckler. That could be cool. Spike bucklers complicate things. Oh, yeah. Everything complicates. Yeah, it's true. The world of humans stabbing each other with things is just spear so still, rich. Spear still wins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just simplify it, bring it down to the spear again. Especially when you just make the spear longer. I've got three spears on me. Mm-hmm. Different lengths. There's a reason Switzerland was never successfully like invaded yeah. until mechanized shit. Like. There's a bunch of rocks and a bunch of guys with spears, and there's not really anything anyone can do against that. Good luck at And in. not enough land to graze horses. Yeah. So, well, okay. Well, and then we'll deal, we'll deal with shield bash and stuff when, when Doug is here, because it's, it's kind of his... He's raised a couple questions mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. The only way I can think of using a shield bash right now is to hit a secondary target, because otherwise it's effectively something like a bull rush or whatever, and you could do that whether you had a shield or not. Yeah. You guys ready to get into step four? Let's do it. Dip our toe. So we went over decay uh-huh. before, our thoughts on it. Let's get into the meat of that one. Let's address that first. Well, we were I, talking actually, about... I, before that, I want to I just have a very basic, what is step four? Like, what's the, what's the goal of step four? Good question, because step three introduced a lot of things, but they were different for every path. Yeah. I think it I want to main... It was utility, right? It was, there was a lot of utility added. Mm-hmm. Now, I think, I think that should stay the same. There should be things that are u- utilitarian in these steps. I'm I'm saying another scene ability, maybe because well think about it this way: you depending on what path you pick and what race you are, you uh-huh. may have you may have four. Yes, but if you go straight path, you will have one of the thing that you do. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, unless you're told in, <laughs> you unless, unless you're told in, yes. But, every, but I mean, no, actually, that was, actually uh, unless you're told in is going to become a catchphrase. No, no, it's actually not unless you're told in. If I'm, if if I remember, because every race except for told in gets one, one per scene yes. attack, and then you get one at step one. Yes. So everybody gets, starts with two. Let's let's talk about what we talked about with decay because I'm not I'm not opposed to this because I think mm-hmm. making another per scene attack will actually simplify this if we're limiting it to that. Uh-huh. How well, I'm it, not saying limiting to just a per scene. 
Well, let's deal with decay first because it won't be that. But we, this ability can be perceived. Mm-hmm. Let's think about it in those terms. So we talked about this before. Listeners will be familiar with that. We talked about being able to raise your own undead creatures. I'm thinking, what's the first thing you get? Something that just does melee damage? Yeah. Do you get something that's a tank? No. Because I'm thinking, the th- what are the three archetypes that you would get? I think they would improve as you... Or you get access to more of them, right? Range, tank, melee. I don't think you're doing someone who's... Uh, maybe eventually something can be an, a conduit through casting. That's got to be Yeah, that, I would think that, that would be the furthest down. What if we make it so that mechanically... I'm trying to think, how should we limit it? Should you be able to have no more than two, but you can only create one per scene of this type? That's not bad. Mm-hmm. So of this type. So so if we just say... I, I wrote down Berserker, but you know, just, just something that does melee damage. What if it was about also control? Like you could create something and not control it, but then later on maybe you could control it? I don't know. I think... I don't want to... Then one, who's controlling it? Are you putting... Are you as a player putting more work on a DM? That's not I get that. Great. Yeah. I was just thinking of the mirror within a mirror within a mirror. If you could create a caster, could they then in turn create a caster? No. It would, no. Be a conduit, it, would be, a caster. it would be a conduit for your casting. <laughs> okay. It would still be your... Okay, now we're bringing up an interesting point here. So if I have two mm-hmm. that are on the board, let's say, okay, step four, as a Persine attack, I can create one. From the corpse of an enemy my size, Yeah, I can create a melee berserker that uses bones as claws or something like yeah. that. Uh, just from its raw biomaterial. When I do that, it's completely my thrall. It's mindless. I've got two of them. On my turn, can I do things while they attack? Maybe they just have low damage, and they can be things for people to focus on, but they can attack every turn on my yeah. turn? Like, if they can only do a D4 of damage, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'll still choose to do it. Yeah. It's something you got to get through to get to me. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, this would be, uh, their damage class would be negative two. Yeah. So, but I think that's fine, right? Uh, their health could be half of yours. Just a simple rubric for that. So, you get to create this kind of thing. You can create as many as two of them, and then maybe step five, you can create... Oh, I, actually, I also like the half of health being their health being half of yours mm-hmm. because if you have someone who also is multi-stepping into something that's a little beefier your dudes are beefier yeah and i don't want to get into the um undead as its own type of enemy where like holy spells hurt it and mm-hmm. you know i think if your healer casts a heal on them they get healed i think that's yeah reasonable and simple they're made of flesh yeah the, the flesh the flesh and bone is bound Right, you are you through your effort are able to keep them in the state of undeath, which magic treats as they're alive. Yeah. So what happens if you fall to zero? I think that would sever the cord. Yeah. If or even yeah, unconscious, asleep. If you're no longer well, I think asleep. They're not just going to attack your party. No, they're, but they're, the will that was holding them together is not there. Mm, I don't know. Like if it was a ritual and it became its own thing. Yes, but if it's a thrall, if it's directly under your mm-hmm. control, yeah, no, they've the 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 thing that is animating th- them is you. You are the energy that is animating them. So what if then it's they are your thrall? They don't attack your allies. They only do what you tell them to do, unless you die. I, I don't think they stay up with you. So you have to you have to create new ones every day. Yeah, because then if you ran into a necromancer with like a real party of bodies, it would be a terrifying display of power not just a this is a thing i can do yeah you're not you're not making a thrall and then keeping them around for days and days and days see i i don't know i i think that's the flavor like that you're a necromancer you're you're in command of death you're building your own little undead army that's a i think that's a that's a that's ritual magic more than it is really something you can do in yeah that's power that's not something that affects a moment or an encounter or a combat thing or an event you're doing that is accumulating Raw power. That's ritual. Okay, well, hear me out. Okay. I'm going to make I'm gonna make an argument against this from a mechanic standpoint. They bring very little in terms of damage, except uh-huh. for tripping off your secondary stuff that you do, right? J- just We're just talking about these berserkers, mm-hmm. or whatever, uh-huh. okay? So let's say you can create as many as two when you first get this ability. Mm-hmm. Step five, you can create three or one tank. Step six, you can create four of them or two tanks or one tank creature that has like a an aura of ongoing decay damage mm-hmm. and then step seven you can create two of those six of the other ones uh three tanks 
or a caster that has its own specific spells and abilities. Ooh, a mobile zone of decay. Right, but now, like, we're thinking to get as many as six of the, of the just the cannon fodder version, mm-hmm. six encounters in a day, you guys, the only time you ever did that was in the dungeon at the end of that. Yeah. Mm. That's... I don't know. I think you could have them and they like dig a hole and sleep in it or something. I don't know. I, oh no, I'm yeah, but I'm not saying I think we can I think we can balance around it in a way that it's not crippling cuz they cuz the whole flavor of decay is ongoing damage and creating these this undead horde is a way to create ongoing damage. There's zero burst associated with any of this. Yeah, but the 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 thing about this is okay, you can make one encounter. I'm saying that you could make that during combat. You could pre-make them. Like if you have a combat and then you wait around 30 minutes. You could pop some more dudes up mm-hmm. and have them run around with you. I just don't want... I don't want a situation... One, I don't want a situation where, like, if you fall down and you're unconscious, man, you know, you're, you're, you're leveled. You're done. You're, you don't have, like... Well, I think they... In other systems, when this happens, they operate on a kind of autopilot. Uh-huh. Following your last command to the best of their ability. Um, when you die, they just fail. They they just they just dry up. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine because honestly, I really like the idea of a necromancer who's able to have like their own little undead horde and servants and like work. You know, they they do things. The more intelligent, the more they can do. Mm-hmm. But it 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 costs a lot to be able to do them in the sense that like that player is going to be have to be on their game. And I think we can do this by simplifying the rules by making each one of these things its own template that they can just the the rules are understood. They're simple. Would we maybe like a ritual every 48 hours to sustain them or something? I don't know. I, I don't feel like it takes much to sustain these mindless things. Like, it, especially because the better you get at this, the easier it should be to sustain them. Okay. And the fact that if you've gone six steps to get the caster level one, you can't have the other ones. Like we've already said that they yeah. cost the, the other ones. Ah. You know, you, you, you can't maintain the smaller ones if you have this one because you, you have to choose. Okay. Like, like if you think about a bucket of points... Mm-hmm. And each of the each he's of the berserkers. He's played Warhammer. He knows what. Yeah, but each of the buckets is worth. Let, let's say each of the berserkers is worth one point. Maybe you have to spend three points to get a tank. You have to spend four points to get the. What would you call like the the plague bringer, Judas goat? You know, like that that yeah. kind of the Judas uh, sheep that just wanders in and and brings plague. And you'd have to spend maybe six points to get the caster. Well, that. That makes it so that it's self-balancing in that way because yeah. your attention expands. Your ability to maintain them expands as you, as you take mm-hmm. steps. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I just like the idea, the flavor of having your own little undead horde. No, totally. Oh, no, I'm, yeah. I know. I think that's dope, too. I'm just saying. But, but you, I don't want if to... in combat, you are reduced to zero hit point. You don't even have to die. If you fall down. But, but you're also saying sleeping. Oh no, that's I said unconscious, but I didn't. I mean, I mean like knocked unconscious, like forcibly ceased. I don't know because well, here's the thing: you're knocked unconscious in combat. So, uh-huh. so uh, here's where that's a, a way bigger disadvantage that is harder to balance around. You're knocked unconscious. All of them go away. You get up. You are half the character you were. Yeah. A scoundrel gets knocked unconscious, gets back up, has a condition, sure, yeah. but is every bit the same character mm-hmm. would it be too complicated to weave that into conditions like if you get a concussion maybe you go back down a step till you're healed or if you get amnesia you lose your it's a great idea um in practice in D and pathfinder it's referred to as negative levels and you take level damage 
it is a nightmare it's, to keep track yeah. of. Okay, it, it's, it really, rid- it's ridiculous. All right. Yeah. It, 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 so yes, the idea mechanically, if we're if we're playing a video game and it did all of it for us, yeah. fine. But the amount of bookkeeping it takes for like this thirty minute encounter mm. is just nonsense. I'm all for uh, necromancy. So yeah, I I don't know. That's how I feel about it. I'm mm-hmm. haven't implemented anything, but I'll make like a little. Would spreadsheet. the raw material have to come from a dead enemy? No. Like in the battle? No. no. Okay. So it could be a horse. If there are still horses. But it would have to be... It's not something you could just rise up out of the ground. No, it would be something... It would have to be some kind of material. Biological material. So if you're fighting a robot... Yeah. No, can't do it. It it can't be a plant. Mm -hmm. It has to be some kind of animal. It should be unsettling. But, I mean, imagine your four steps decay. Mm -hmm. You're a badass. Yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like that's... You're you're pretty pretty far into badass territory. Like, if Champ died and you're all of a sudden, like, rise. I can create three from from this body. Champ's real big. You could you could probably make two tanks and an, and an extra dude out of them with the armor and everything. So I'll 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 put together some stat blocks, proposed stat blocks for these creatures, mm-hmm. and then we can talk about what maybe or may not be too powerful in the moment. And I'll I'll do it in terms of dice damage that they can do and like yeah. armor and stuff at the level that you get them. And I want to make a template that would in, cool in the book that you can just fill in and keep with you. Yeah, so that good. way your GM doesn't have to wait on you to figure everything out. Like mm-hmm. you, every time that you, you know, what a ta- a you know, what a, yeah, you know what a tank is exactly. functionally stat wise. Okay. It'd be fun to name them, you know, yeah. oh, like I you create a I... berserker. He's like, this is Jerry. This is Jerry. My berserker. AOE takes out Jerry. You're like Jerry. No, it's you and your three archers that you always archer would be fun. I feel like that's later. Like that's your caster. That's a, that's semi intelligent. Maybe caster's like top end. Caster is top end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe, and maybe instead of um, making of making only the casters be able to be your point of origin of spells, there's just you take an, eventually they'll get of, their own ability. One of yeah, one of the but also one of the features that you get like step seven, step eight. You're like, oh, you can now use them as a point of casting. Mm-hmm. Like you cast a spell and it just erupts from them. Dope. So even even your berserkers, you could just pop. You could have a berserker, and his only job is to run out and explode, just to be within that ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it'd be fun. Yeah. Okay. None of those is a per scene attack unless we make the ability to raise something in combat a per scene attack, mm-hmm. which works for me. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Well, even if it's just at a per scene power, as long as it's in the same ballpark and it doesn't feel crazy. Like, I don't need everything to do, get the same exact thing every step. Right. They just need to be, you know, playing the same game. Yeah, you can do it once per scene if you've got the time. Which, if you kill three enemies, you want to spend that on raising a tank. If, yeah. If that's the ratio we end up using. Um, okay. We feel good about decay? At least yeah. the idea. Yeah. All right, the I'll try, solid. I'll try to mock some stuff up, and then uh, we'll bring it to next next design episode. Command. I was thinking, what about an intervention ability when an ally drops to zero? Something just you can command an ally to move their speed to get to them, and maybe imme- just just their presence immediately stabilizes them, so they don't lose. They can make a free attack and they stabilize. Mm-hmm. Momentum. They don't gain death score. Yeah, automatically. Is that as good as having an army of skeletons? No. Yeah. Well, we're talking about just step four. Is it as good as two skeletons? Yes. That's the that, question that's, I'm asking. Yeah, that yeah. is the question I'm asking. Yeah, that two isn't an army, unless you play that game Army of Two. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking also a feature, some sort of coordination feat. Like when X happens, you X. You know, like yeah. something like that. Yeah, that both of those together, depending on what X and X are, could be more than enough to be to be good. Okay, so what this is stepping stepping back into my comfort zone with command, because like if I could choose my favorite thing to play mm-hmm. in our system every time instead of trying to test out things i would just go straight command yeah always like <laughs> mm-hmm. that would be my favorite what about a take the shot uh basic melee attack please explain you take know the shot can be a it is i thought it was only a ranged attack nope oh it is a basic yeah. melee yeah. oh okay yeah. never mind it's, anyone can just do their basic okay this is usually range is yeah that would be that call. would be a good addition mm-hmm. if, yeah. if it wasn't already there or maybe needed both sure. like if anybody if the archer or caster attacks something and then someone adjacent to that just take the enemy. shot step one it is mm-hmm. well we could do the um 
kind of a focus fire on one. Yeah, or, the, or we could do something like stabilizing charge and an improvement to take the shot. We could take... I was thinking practice targeting. All allies get plus one to attack with a taxi grant, right? Uh-huh. Um, what if we give them a damage bonus too? Yeah, that'd be great. They get a damage bonus equal to your intellect? Solid. Yeah, because you add plus one to take the shot, right? Yeah, or one plus your intellect. How do about you, that? Do yeah. you use intellect in, on any other skill yet? In not as command, unless as you command. are unless you're doing something specific. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we'll say one plus your intellect because even one damage is good. Yeah, which is how Kelton got away with. I was going to say because you could easily build a, a no intelligence command character and you wouldn't notice until you got to step four. <laughs> it worked, and then you'd be like, "Shit!" Very well. <laughs> okay, maybe two plus your intellect at that at that level because at step four you're you're pretty deep in Mm -hmm. so it gives them a damage bonus equal to two plus your intellect or just maybe that's gonna feel really nice yeah yeah but is a flat number good or should we make it a damage class Mm, i think because it's granted maybe i think i think i like i like flat because you can increase your intellect yeah okay let's do that Mm -hmm. so two plus your intellect we're good yeah on that Sounds good, at least. And, we and, and we also... Haven't run, we haven't run the numbers, but... Yeah, and also just a saving charge or something, or... or um, Yeah, maybe an ally can Fearless move, aid, or... You or an ally can move their speed mm-hmm. as an immediate action, and if you land an attack against that, and if the attack hits against that enemy, they're automatically stabilized. That's it. It doesn't heal them, doesn't do anything like that. Just if they drop, you get the chance to stabilize them. It still invokes attacks of opportunity. It's mm-hmm. still all of that. But it's worth it. Yeah. Okay. I feel good about that for command. Somebody would look at raising zombies and be like, that's way better than what command gets. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it sounds that way. Until you realize that take the shot is dope. This is going to happen way more often. It, it's going to be more clutch more yeah. often. It just gives you that, that back pocket, like, you're in a good spot. It gives you something else to do. Yeah, and it can literally be anybody. So if only if only the caster is not going to provoke an attack of opportunity for taking that, yeah. you can be like, do it anyway, man. Run up and just try to punch him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to spend four momentum. <laughs> That's a great moment to be like, yeah, I run in, and I go, you get away from him. It's yeah. good drama. Okay. Bitch. Oh, get away from her, you bitch. That's what it was. The Molly Weasley uh, badass. No, we were talking about aliens. Yeah. I know, but I was talking about Molly Weasley. Yeah, one of those is better. Molly, Molly Weasley. Obviously. Yeah. Is Molly the mother? Yes. I only read the books. Mm-hmm. I, I saw the first movie and the third movie. And the third movie was, it's a favorite. Mm-hmm. Having not read the books before I saw it, it was awful. Yes. Completely unfollowed. Like, I had no idea what was going on. Anymore. I have no frame of reference for that because I was so engrossed. I mean, by 80% the time the of the world out. has no frame of reference for mm-hmm. that. Let's move on. All right, champion. Yeah. Uh, champ, we got to be careful with. I was thinking we could add more weapon-specific attacks. Uh huh. We could add a feature that affects targets. What are they? What's in their toolbox? What in their toolboxes are they worried about? Like if you're if you're going straight champ, or you're doing champ doing into other things, <clears throat> what don't they do at all? I think the biggest problem with champion is how vulnerable you are. Uh huh. Because I think this is this is the step after the utility where we can start rounding some air edges, mm-hmm. expanding weaknesses because they're going to become more and more exploitable. Yeah. Especially if you do damage scaling. And I was worried uh, initially when I was, when I was writing this in, I, I was thinking, well, oh, how about flashy shit? Like where somebody attacks you and you redirect it into somebody nearby. And I'm like, that sounds like scoundrel. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that sounds like, uh, you're, you're being, you're, you're pulling some fuckery, not just straight up bravado and, and attacking mm-hmm. so what about a feature i haven't got the full shape of this but what about a feature that affects targets that have your banes on them so challenge mm-hmm. bleeds mm-hmm. anything that could be a if your core malediction you know I mean, yeah if your core decay and you put malediction on them at the start of your turn and you're, you're doing that that counts something that makes it so that either that enemy has a harder time attacking you or your effects do extra shit, you know? Probably too much and maybe crazy, but what if there was just kind of a bravado armor? So you your armor increases against the enemies that you have? Yeah, you've I, even if you're against. not wearing I, the armor, you I just, would say, I would I wouldn't call it armor, but the idea that they do less damage to you. Your force of will? <laughs> no, yeah. because they're just straight up scared of you. Yeah. 
like they aren't putting everything mm-hmm. into it. There's kind of everything is a little more pot shot because they can't put everything. Maybe it's it only they're too they're too scared. So the idea mm-hmm. that it would affect your bane would be great. So you do something, you put mm-hmm. the fear of you in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we don't have something right now where. And that increases their survivability. That makes a lot of class interplay or step interplay really, really fun. Yeah, and we don't have something right now where if they dro- if you drop an enemy to zero on your turn, you get a free attack against somebody. No, I like that too. You want to add both of those? Yes. Mm-hmm. So how much armor do you gain? Two plus half your level? I, I would say it, would, it should reduce, rather than calling it armor because then you have to you have different a different armor stat for anything, just know that, yeah, just it's... Reduce dam reduce damage from enemies. I, I think that you have an effect, or, a, or we call, we're calling them banes and boons, right? Yeah, but I think I think we do call it armor. Okay, and the reason for this is because that's how challenge works. You have a different attack and damage against these enemies. So uh-huh. it's something if you're core champion, you're tracking anyways. Okay, you know what I'm saying? It makes me think of like Davy Crockett, like grinning down a bear to death. Yeah, you know, just something so terrifying that is it? Is it your composure? Are you using what are you what stats are, is champion using? Champion uses dexterity, strength, and endurance. Maybe your endurance. You're already using endurance for armor. True. Could it be strength, but like strength of will, just strength of that would be composure. I think. How about how we just do the same thing? Two plus your composure. Yeah. Yeah. You want to do that? Yeah. All right. Two plus your composure. Because you would be a not damaging, perhaps not normally art. Ooh, like you could just build a character, not have a bunch of endurance, and then your whole plan is just just to get there. How about how? Okay, I want to. I, I think the wording of this will be important. What if it is if you reduce an enemy to zero? Uh huh. If you're able to do an opportunity attack, you can move half your speed and do one against an enemy that you can reach. Uh huh. And then enemies undergoing. Just add both of those. One, you can't stack multiple attacks in a turn because you only have one opportunity attack. Yes. Unless. Unless you're champion. Or unless, unless you're Corsido. Corsido, which is also still dope. Yes. The nice thing about attacking an enemy and then immediately going to another enemy is that you may kill that other enemy if you pick it wisely. And that's why I want to add movement to this mm-hmm. because of the way that challenge works. Yeah. Because challenge is as many enemies. So maybe, maybe like a. Maybe add that that next person is... Ch- so So you drop an enemy to zero hit points. You can immediately challenge somebody within half your speed if you can reach them, and then you get to make an opportunity attack. Yes. Okay. Because it's... Because you, you could gain two to your challenge in one, one moment. Yes. Yeah. You point out one guy, kill him. You immediately point at the next one, and that guy's like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Full on slide. Are they challenged even if you miss? Yes. All right. Because the way challenge works now is you challenge somebody and you get plus one to attack and damage against that target. If they die, it persists against everybody. Mm-hmm. And you challenge a new per- person, you get another plus one to attack and damage. So if we had a champion in that last encounter, that would have been disgusting in, in, in Liam's campaign. Core champion would have been really scary by the end of it. Yeah, I think there were nine opponents. So actually, Eight, Max, there, Max, were eights, there were eight. There were eight. Mm-hmm. I didn't kill the final one, did I? Missed opportunity attack. Yeah. Wait, would that count as my kill if I missed an opportunity attack? It wouldn't. The one that I missed the opportunity attack against that they did two opportunity attacks that killed him, that wouldn't have counted as my kill, and I think that's fine. I think it's appropriate for the rules. That was great. That was a great moment, though. Imagine a team of marksmen with one tank with a reach weapon. That would be disgusting. <laughs> just just nonstop attacks opportunity. Maybe just has zero dexterity. So very low chance to very hit. Very purposely yeah. cannot hit. Yeah, and just... <laughs> Misses everything. You don't even have a blade at the end of your spear. It's just a stick. <laughs> that would be really fun. But is that broken? I don't think so. No. You'd have to do a lot of building and maneuvering to get things exactly. to work right. Not to mention, that group sounds risky. You'd probably also want to go command eventually just for take the shot on your own turn, depending on what your situation was. Yeah, for sure. All right. You could build, you could build a fun group. And also, every marksman would just be a different like flavor, flavor yeah at some point ice marksman would be pretty gross be great. yeah probably the best version of that without a bow the one with a bow is best marksman. yeah for sure um okay i feel good about champion and i think this is the last one i want to get into well maybe we'll talk we'll, we'll brainstorm about a couple mm-hmm. others if you guys have some mm-hmm. good ideas but fire yeah how about finally they get an ability to exclude a number of allies from their aoe damage equal to their composure 
Okay. Network or intelligence. What do you think is more appropriate? I mean, they only have one attack that can damage friendlies. Nope. Rogue Star can. You're right. And they're going to get more. <laughs> They'll get more blasts and shit. Yeah. By by step 12, you should be a living nuke. Yeah. Right? I like the idea of that. Not only are you a living nuke, you're an artist with it, so you can pick exactly where you're... Mm-hmm. You can kind so, of yeah. shield them a little yeah. bit. From so, uh, so encounter burst one. Oh, you mean so add that as a feature and then add an encounter yeah. attack. So that I, I like that idea. Here's two other ideas I had. If you're dealing AoE damage against a single target, uh-huh. you can focus it for extra damage against that target. That's good. Or augment all weapons in a radius around you to deal extra fire damage for one attack. I like that one best. That one's nice. Because adding, adding just a D6 to everybody's attacks might be better than you attacking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that should be an attack action. That's a big... That's why I really like reveal weakness. Or I just point at somebody and say, next guy who hits them, extra D10. It's fun. That is... That's amazing. You're not really doing anything, but you're doing something. I feel like Gelt Command is like the ultimate path. Like yeah. <laughs> it, it, It's like a perfect synergy. It, and something I never would have thought of before this game was like... A tiny rat general? None of that. Yeah, but like <laughs> just even the idea of being a general, you know? Oh, the, something the I never of, would have picked or done. The, the idea of like fully cooperative tactics. Yeah, because I've never played like that. Everyone's been... Just doing their own thing. Every man for himself. On their phone while everyone else is doing something. God damn. We should should put some sort of rule in our game where people take a negative to things if they're on their fucking phone. Yeah. Unless your character sheet's on it or something. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. So why don't we do then... Let's just do these two. Let's exclude the allies from AoE damage. And let's have a Perseen attack that augments all weapons in a radius. I think the focus fire on larger enemies is better and more in flavor Hmm. than ignoring enemies. Or ignoring allies. All right. Let's add that next step then. So Liam's the only one here who's played straight fire. Yeah. They're both good. There is. These, there both, is, these both should be should be in the path is, of fire. There is worrying about allies, but nothing was worse than single armored targets. Single armored targets were... They hurt fire. It's, it's not even that it hurts. It was just, okay, I have two things. Those are done. Now I just... Now I'm just flaming... I wonder. I wonder if you feel the same if you'd use the staff, because because you picked hands for a very specific yes. reason. But a staff would have been, it would have been very damaging. Yes, against a couple of the targets. But I'm good in either case. These are both good. I, I'm. I. I don't. I don't dislike any of these. And you said you also wanted more blast attacks, which I 100 oh, percent yeah. agree. So maybe when they get their next blast attack, maybe step five, add that exclude allies thing. Yeah, because right now it's not too difficult to manage. Step five. Let's make it difficult. <laughs> let's 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 give you some crazy shit. Okay, I feel good about that. And I'm good for one more. You want to do yeah, one more? Let's Definitely. do one more. Ice. Yeah. All right. I have nothing. Okay. What? Let's let's. What does ice do well? Single Con- target control and movement control. Let's pick another type of control. What I, is the What is the other way that you can control something? I just had a new idea. I'm going to write it down so that I don't mm-hmm, interrupt mm-hmm. your thought with my thought. I just want to hear your thought now. Okay. So augment weapons in a radius to deal fire damage? Okay. What about augment one weapon until the end of the scene? All right. I like that. To do more damage than the AO, than the fire. Uh-huh. Would that be cool? Yeah. Yeah. They could do the same damage if you're well. Well, it's same damage, but a status effect, like immobilizes or slows or something like that. Yeah, I mean, if you get it off at the beginning, if um, if you get it off at the beginning of the scene, though, depending on how many, uh, the only question is then how many characters do you have, and how many of them are casters. Well, you would you would know this before you get to step four. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, I'm saying I'm saying I'm saying the the utility of the power is then like because if if you're the only fire mage. In your part, if you're the only range character in your party, you're you're straight fire, or even whatever. You just get to step four, and then everyone else is melee around you. Your whole party one turn is big. That's great. It's true. Yeah. But, yeah. But there's a point where like, but there, the other feature is so good that it doesn't matter. Yeah. So just slow and an extra d six 
or and, and maybe more, maybe maybe a D eight. Well, oh, I think a D six plus a status for the entire scene. Yeah, and you can shift it. You'll probably let's make it an at will, and you can shift it to a new weapon, but you have to be adjacent to that person. Okay, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But it lasts until the end of the scene. Mm-hmm. Until you shift it. Well, yes, yeah, it, yeah. It, but but yeah, it lasts on that weapon until the end of the scene. Could there be a zone for ice? Like we have to make an endurance check to get through it. Kind of like a hypothermia thing. Maybe some kind of persistent thing. Like maybe a once per scene, uh, the area that you just affected becomes difficult terrain. So that would be a feature. They, do, do they have an area effect to immobilize? They have an area of effect that immobilizes somebody, the, the first target it hits. Okay. And everybody else just damages. Okay. Well, we could do the opposite with that too. Instead of just damaging them, they're also slowed instead of immobilized. It's tough to think of a feature for ice because they're so good already. Like ice, ice is one of the pads I worry about that it's just going to be too good the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the amount of control and single target damage, which is never bad. But I, and this is a conversation we have. The control issue can be your ability to use it correctly falls heavier on the player. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's a fun ice mage ability in World of Warcraft. What ice block? Mm-hmm. You surround yourself with ice. <laughs> you, you can't. Heal. You can't do anything. So maybe you don't heal. People can heal you, uh-huh. but you can't do anything. But you gain an you gain an armor armor of it's, it's very high. You can't do anything. You can't see anything. You can't hear anything. And um, but you can survive almost anything. Well, let's say you can you can see you can see through it, but that's it. It just makes you very tough and, and difficult to to kill. It lasts one round. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, is that something you could do to someone who's been knocked down? I think you can only do it to yourself. Only to yourself. Okay. I am okay with this being a reaction. Almost as a carbonite thing. Like, they're going to die. Mm-hmm. Carbonite. I mean, so it's... Maybe you take half damage. You're encased in ice for one round. You can't be damaged for this round. Yes. For the rest of this round. Right. No, no. For, until the start of your next, the next turn. turn. yeah. It, it, it ends at the start of your next turn. Yeah, all right. So if you're surrounded... You're dying anyway. Yeah, like if you're if it's a TPK, it's not avoiding that at all. Well, mm. oh, there's also a great there'd be a fun fire and ice dynamic where an ice mage is surrounded, blocks, and then and fire is Nova. Like, I don't even have to care. I can't hit you. Oh, that's true. Okay, so augment ice weapon, uh, ice block. I want to give him one more thing because these are very. None of these are, are as good as having two skeletons. Yeah, <laughs> like that. That's augment an ice weapon for an entire scene. Make that a. Make that a swift action at will. Mm-hmm. Does that sound fair? You have to be adjacent to it. But them. adjacent, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Ice block, it's an immediate reaction. Let's make it a daily. Yeah. Does that sound good? That's a big thing, yeah. It's really good. And just make it a daily immediate reaction. Yeah. Um, it's also, it, it's not a attack daily. No, I, it's immediate reaction. Yeah. I'm saying, like, you could just also do your big ice thing, but then. That's your, that's your ace in your hole. Yeah, yeah the the, like, li- the please, limits oh are God. only on. Yeah, the limits are only on, on attacks. attacks. Yeah. Um. So let's think of a feature then. A little let's silly. Maybe snowballs like the fire has. No. I want to save that for later because they have the uh they they can create items yeah. of ice. Uh, and then they can no, yeah, you're them. right. I was just thinking of how like a caster would fortify them, maybe even like to fortify their marksmen or something like mm-hmm. that. I was thinking the next step: give them the golems that we created for ice like they like they there's only like one type but it's good maybe you can only have one yeah whereas the necromancer makes a bunch like ice ice can make one ice golem and it's badass and you can get on it like a mount you right that'd be fun hmm well let's let's improve something that they already do okay what's their what's their step one encounter step one encounter i think it's the one where you move and you create a wall behind you okay of ice but i'm gonna double check you could even just make it, you no longer have to move. You can just put it somewhere. Frigid Sphere. 2d6 plus composure. You form a flying snowball that grows larger and colder as it travels before bursting on impact. Enemies are mobilized and all adjacent creatures are slowed. You can't make that better. It's really good. <laughs> like, that's too good. That's really good already. Ice is fantastic. Maybe everything adjacent is immobilized as well. Yeah, well, that's fine. It's yeah. ar- it's already good. It already does what it needs to do. I'm tr- mm-hmm. I'm trying to I'm looking for any weak points or, or things where you're like, man, yeah. if this was just a little better. So there's step two: enemies that strike you with melee are slowed until the end of the next turn. That's really good. Yeah. Um, their daily is snap freeze, which is a cone of five. So 
It's a lot. Yeah. 3D6 plus composure, and you concentrate before releasing a massive burst of cold. The air fills with snowflakes, and frost grows on all exposed surfaces. Affected creatures are slowed until the end of your next turn. That's good. Yeah. What if... What about some... Okay, so they, they have a lot of things that slow people. What can we do to a target that's already affected by a slow from you? They can no longer... They no longer have an attack action. Mm. They're no longer slowed. They're impaired. That's good. Their weapon. They just can't move. Chance to drop their weapon or something. It becomes too cold or brittle. What about they are mobilized? One person. It, on your turn. Only on your turn. Not as a reaction. Mm-hmm. Not, as, not as an opportunity attack. Not as something granted to you by anybody else. On your turn, you can change a target that has been slowed by you to being immobilized. All right. Cold mm-hmm. snap. Yeah. Well, cold snap, mm-hmm. I think, is the name of their... Snap freeze is their daily. So, But something like that where it just like... We'll, yeah. we'll figure up a name for it. It's not that's not important. Mechanically, I think that's solid. Yeah, it's one. It's one target. Yeah. It works. I don't want to increase their damage. They're they're pretty good. Ice actually is the one. I'm my I'm, decay is one of those things where I'm like I keep I, I got to keep giving them like curveballs mm-hmm. to make it to to make sure to keep within the idea of decay. Ice is like make sure it doesn't go too far. It's really good already. <laughs> like fire, you're like it's good, man. We can just add more blasts and shit. Ice is like, do I want to give him another attack? <laughs> like, I Control is just you know, so useful. Yeah, it's, it's, they're really scary. Okay. All right. So I think that's where we'll stop for tonight. All right. We got those five ready for step four. Obviously, none of it's being tested. We're going to test it mm-hmm. eventually. Let's stop it here tonight. Let's, let's dig into the other steps next time. Anything you guys want to bring up before we're done? What about, like, I noticed, like, I have craft, you know. Mm-hmm. What... What I'm, do we want to do with crafting? That's a really good question. What do we want to do with rituals? Like we keep talking alchemy, about it, alchemy but then is we fun. don't. Yeah, alchemy was great when, you know, when she was going through the woods finding, yeah, things like that's great. Do, but, do we want to make? Do we want to allow people to make magic weapons, or do we want to allow people to socket regular? Weapons? I think I think socket is the way to do it. I think but so I think that should be. That's not. You can't just go like. Meh. No, no. I think it takes a very high <laughs> yeah. check to socket something. It depending on. I was thinking more like maybe traps or something that we'd spoken of. That's yeah. scoundrel. Scoundrel mm-hmm. gets traps to use in combat. I think they could hand them off. Yeah. What else would people craft, in our opinion? Clothes, disguises. Okay. Cool. Um, chairs, boats. Skill, skill items. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, if somebody says, hey, I need a lockpick kit, here are the schematics. Your, yeah, your blacksmith would just go, okay. Yeah. You get a magic item, you need to take yeah. the sock. You need to take... Uh, take the item out of it without destroying Great. it. That would work. I like the idea of boat. Like if you're playing a long-term game with more than one craftsman, mm-hmm. you make your own boat. Well, and I also think that currently there's no armor scaling mechanic. Mm-hmm. Heavy armor is heavy armor. I think that's going to change. Yeah. We're going to have to name them and they're going to have to have values and they're, the difficulty to craft each increases because it has to. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. right? Um, so d- despite magical augmentations, like there should be armor that's just better. Yeah. I also I I do I do sooner rather than later do you want to start talking about augmented paths widening what can be done without having to roll up a whole new thing. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about like the the small paths? Yeah. I disagree. I I almost want to hardline say no to all of that <sighs> until we finish so bad. the current ones. All right. Um only because we'll have a better picture of all of them before yeah. adding to our baseline workload. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because every time we make a change to the system, we have to change all of those as well. Yeah. So let's keep with what okay, we got. Right. You know. But, Is there like But any idea you have, I'm writing it down. Yeah. You know. Like a field fortification kind of thing? Well you mean like building a uh, like like the Romans would do? Yeah. Would, mm-hmm. That's a cool idea. Like if you're in a bad area you're gonna you're not just gonna lay down and go to sleep. Yeah. That that could mm-hmm. be something um Let's think about that. I'm not sure if that's craft. I'm just thinking of more ways to do what we originally intended of like actually doing the things you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I like mm-hmm. that idea a lot. Okay. So yeah. we're going to we're gonna end it there tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been great fun. I'm really excited to dig into step four and really flesh out what these characters can do. As always, if you want access to the rule books, and we'll be coming out with a new one soon once the format to incorporate our damage class tier everything and level comes into play you can find it all on patreon at the five dollar tier at patreon.com slash rpgfs and additionally at the two dollar tier you get all of our character sheets that we make every revision at the one dollar tier you get access to all the content that's cut out of these episodes which i it's pretty funny 
it's pretty funny. And also it shows your support, which is important to us. We, we like to know that people enjoy what they're listening to. And at the $10 tier, if for those diehard fans, you get to create a custom NPC that we add into our database. And when we need somebody, we roll them out. Yeah. If we need somebody to shoot a small hand crossbow at a giant mm-hmm. bug. But discussion is always free. I think that's the important. Oh yeah, thing it, it, that's that's true. If you want to talk to us, though, you can comment on any episode release. Uh, you can just go, if you have a Patreon account, you can comment on any of our posts. I highly encourage. You don't have to be a patron of ours, although I, I encourage that as well. Uh, but please, if you want to reach out to us, you can also reach out to us on Facebook. We are at facebook.com/rpgfs. You can find us on Instagram at RPG from Scratch, all one word. And you can find us at Twitter at Homebrew Ombres. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and until next time, stay safe, stand watch, and get a full rest. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.